0: It was an ordinary day. Nothing really unusual going on. It's about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Lots of people busy coming and going and coming and going and coming and going. And the panhandler was doing his usual day's work there, just sitting there by the main entrance. He had been doing this for about 40 years at least, people would come and because he couldn't move on his own, he was disabled. People would come and drop him off in the morning and pick him up at night. Uh, They always wanted a little bit of a cut of the action. By the time you've been doing this for 40 years, there's not too many friends or family left who would do it for free. And the panhandler was just kind of gotten into the rhythm of things. He, he actually had gotten used to being part of the scenery and other people who went back and forth as part of their do, daily routine, occasionally out of pity or charity or whatever motive they would drop, a couple of coins, a little bit of loose change in his cup, but generally they ignored him. This one particular ordinary day, two men were walking by the panhandler ordinary-looking, blue-collar guys, regular people. One was a little bit bigger than the other. One was a little bit younger, and and then there was this big guy, kind of gruff. And they stopped in front of the panhandler, and the big guy said to him, look at me. That was unusual. Because the panhandler was invisible to most of the people, in that city. They just didn't even notice him. And the panhandler suddenly filled with hope. He wants to give me money. And he looked up in anticipation, thinking, this could be a really good day. And he looks up. And the man says, I haven't got any cash. And his heart just sank. It's like, what? What? then why do you want to look at me? I haven't got any cash, but what I've got, I'm going to give you. Now, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, and he grabs the panhandler, and he lifts him up to his feet, get up and walk. All of a sudden, the panhandler's legs and ankles were restored to full strength. And he starts staggering around. And all of a sudden, he's jumping for joy. He's like, look at this, look at this. And it caused such a commotion in that area. He had been sitting just outside the main door of the temple. Everyone came running out to see. And they were astounded because a man who had previously just been part of the scenery was now part of the community. The story I just related to you is from Acts chapter 3. Really trying to advance this, Sean. Is this going to work? I'll let you do it for me. When God shows up, he shows up in power. Now, this title is a bit of a misnomer, I admit. If you're really strict in the theological sense, which I respect, God doesn't show up anywhere because he is everywhere. God is omnipresent, right? That I means all present. God is everywhere. But when I use this expression of God showing up, it's like God suddenly revealing himself to us. So you understand, when I use this expression, God shows up. God showed up that day in power, and this man who hadn't walked in over 40 years was now walking around. It's stunning. This morning, we're going to talk just for a few minutes about signs and wonders, how God's power intervenes in a human existence. Now, for some of us, that's like, that's welcome news. Other people will go, uh-huh. That's okay. Bring your inner skeptic to the table. Okay, that's totally legit. Because that means you've got brain waves. I hope you never accept just carte blanche, what I say to you. Ooh, now you've got trust issues. What I want you to do is go back to the Bible and saying, is this guy for real? Is Rick on the ball here? And if you have any questions, does Rick like questions? Does Rick like questions? Yes, of course he does. Okay? And there's no such thing as a dumb question. Um, so this morning we want to talk about signs and wonders and my point is this morning I want you to take home that God uses signs and wonders to reveal Jesus to sinful rebels. That's what he was doing in this story. God uses signs and wonders to reveal Jesus to sinful rebels. He doesn't do it for our entertainment. He doesn't do it for our enrichment. He doesn't do it to attract glory to us. He does it to focus all the glory and attention on Jesus, which is only right and appropriate. Okay, John. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Every day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the Beautiful Gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter... He asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently. Peter says, look at us. The layman looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. But I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. As he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar, they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely gobsmacked. Oh, sorry, that's astounded, astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity. He was an opportunistic guy. Ooh, crowd gathers. And he addressed the crowd. People of Israel, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own? Own power or godliness. For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. By the way, this is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. So why does God heal this man? Why does does God do signs and wonders to announce to sinful rebels that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is God? God uses signs and wonders to reveal Jesus to sinful rebels. Now, next one, Sean. Signs and wonders are not the result of human activity. Peter said very carefully, it's not because we're super pious or super good. This is an act of God. I get a little nervous When people get labeled as faith healers, I know there's teaching in the Bible and special giftings that some people seem to have that God uses them especially especially powerfully to heal people and to do amazing things. But when people start making money off of it, when people start manipulating other people, all the red flags and warning bells go off. Because signs and wonders are not the result of human activity. It's not like I go out um, and just sort of roll up my sleeves and say, Shazam! It doesn't work that way. God, because he's creator, can do anything he chooses. And some people ask me, Rick, do you believe in the supernatural? And I say, yes, I've been to British Columbia. No, that's a slight joke. Supernatural, British Columbia. It's not supernatural. Well, they we have supernatural housing prices, but that okay—that's another story. Do you believe in the supernatural? I said, well, I just believe that God can do whatever He can do. Are you aware of that? If you have vision today, that you can you can see, but that the light we see is only a small part of the physical visible spectrum. Do you understand the whole spectrum of light thing? A little bit of a physics le- physics lesson. On one end, you've got microwaves and then radio waves and the UV light. On the other, and then out of that whole spectrum of light, there's only a little bit that's visible to us. So you could say, well, everything I can't see is kind of like supernatural. Well, I don't know if there's anything really supernatural about my cell phone signal. You can't see it, but it's real. There's nothing really supernatural about my microwave. can't see that. You can see the effects of that radiation. You see, we can't see, perceive everything, and so we tend to label everything that we can't see, well, that's supernatural. I really believe that if we believe in a creator God who made all things, and by the way, Did you realize that God just didn't just start things off, spin the earth like a top and say, good luck, I'm going to go over here somewhere. He sustains the universe. He keeps it going. Uh, Any creator like that can do anything he wants. And I don't think God uses the word supernatural at all. He just does stuff. He just shows up and does stuff. That's That's how I process this word supernatural. But anything like this, anything like signs and wonders are not the result of human activity. It's not the result of how good I am or how much I believe or what. It, it's not. It's not at all. The early church was marked by God showing up with signs and wonders. We've been talking about the early church, rethinking church and what church looks like, what normal, whatever that word means, uh, regular church should be. And I think God's people, the gathering of God's people, should be marked by God doing unusual things. Not for our benefit, but for His credit so He gets the glory. Because God uses, He delights to use signs and wonders to reveal Jesus to sinful rebels. Sometimes He won't get our attention any other way. Now, People follow Jesus around saying, hey, do something cool. Do something cool. And he did get to the point where, you know, I'm doing signs and wonders to get your attention, but if you don't follow me with your heart, I won't do any of those things because I'm not here to entertain you. I'm not here to satisfy your consumer needs. There's a tremendous problem in the North American church. We've been so overwhelmed by consumerism We become consumers of religion, so to speak. We church shop. We look around for the best deal. Well, I will go down the street because I like this better. Now, it's perfectly legitimate to say, this is a a body of Christians that I relate to, and it just seems to be a spiritual home for me. But not everything is going to cater to your taste. And what's even worse, not everything here is going to cater to my taste. And I'm kind of peeved about that. But God doesn't want me to be a church consumer, and he doesn't want you to be a church consumer either. Following Jesus just to get something out of it. That was a problem people had, Jesus had in the Gospels. People following him around just to get stuff out of him. And when the hard stuff came, when push came to shove, when he challenged them and said, if you're going to follow me, you've got to take up your cross every day. People just kind of melted away. La, 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 la. Something bright and shiny over there. I don't like the way he's talking. And they disappeared. And it even got so bad, Jesus really knew how to draw a crowd, and then he knew how to kind of repel a crowd. It even got so bad one day, he turned to his friends saying, uh, you guys aren't leaving too, are you? No way. Peter said, the guy in this story, Peter said, no way, you've got words of eternal life. We, we don't have any options. We left everything to follow you. We're, we're kind of stuck with you, and you're stuck with us, so to speak. At any rate, religious consumerism is a real danger when it comes to signs and wonders because people want to be entertained. They want bright and shining stuff. Remember last week, I think we were talking about prayer. God is not a cosmic vending machine, but he does intervene in human history. He does perform signs and wonders, especially to reveal Jesus to spiritual rebels. Okay, Sean, let's have the next one, please. So after this event at the temple, when Peter heals this guy, the panhandler, Who've been crippled for more than 40 years. People are amazed, and a lot more people start to follow Jesus. Okay? This thing is getting really, really big and out of hand. Peter and John get hauled before the authorities. They spend a night in jail and they're hauled up. It's kind of like going to the principal's office. That's what I compare it to. Because my dad was a principal and think, you, you just didn't want to go there. But they got hauled up before the authorities. And, and given a real interrogation. And they said, all right, you guys have to stop. Now, the, the authorities were, had a bit of a problem because the man they had healed was right there, so they knew he would have been healed. They said, you got to stop running around and talking about this Jesus stuff. has to stop, okay? That's it. No more. And Peter replies to them, Well, if you know, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the key. He says to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Like, why are we busted? What are the charges here? Do you want to know how he was healed? (laughs) No, I don't. Not listening, not listening. They didn't want to know. But he said, do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified. He keeps rubbing that in. The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Okay, next, please. There's salvation in no one else, by the way. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. That's Acts 4.12. That's a good one to highlight in your Bible or your phone or whatever. There's no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Okay? It's only Jesus. It's not Jesus and somebody else. Just Jesus. The members of the religious council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John because they thought they could bully them. This is how you stand up to a bully. Full of the Holy Spirit, Peter and John just give account. Now, they could see they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures, just ordinary blue-collar guys. They were fishermen. They weren't well-educated or well-spoken, but what they were was filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the presence and power and joy and peace of God. When you encounter someone who's full of the Holy Spirit, you just know there's something remarkable about that. That's how God intends all of us who follow Jesus to be like that, filled with his presence. Oh, there's another really good tangent that I'm pulling myself back on. But anyway, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. They also recognize them as men who what? Men who had been with Jesus. Oh, you're some of those Jesus guys. Okay. Okay. Guilt by association. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right among them, there was nothing they could say. And they're cursing and muttering under their breath, like, I'd like to get rid of these guys, but it's going to start a riot, and what are we going to do? And this guy's this stupid panhandler. Why couldn't he just stay there in the sidewalk, you know? What terrible attitudes, I'm sure, were coming out of these religious leaders. Because they didn't want anything to stir the pot. Because if something stirred the pot, the Romans would get angry. They would lose their prestige and position. Everything was getting rocked. The foundations of their world were being rocked because of these signs and wonders. God revealing who Jesus is to spiritual rebels. Okay, Sean. So when God shows up he chooses to perform signs and wonders in response to the fervent prayers of his children. Here's what happens next. We've had the healing incident in the temple. Then we've had the interrogation. And then we have, this is the story of the emergency prayer meeting. After the guys are released, they're not beaten this time. They're released and warned again. Shut up above this Jesus guy. That's enough. Appears like, Really? Really? You really think we're going to stop? Are we supposed to obey God or you? With all due respect, you guys be quiet. And he left. Then they got everybody together for a really urgent prayer meeting. And they said, okay, Lord, we're really uh, up to our necks here. But do you know how they prayed? This is beautiful. Go ahead, John. This is how they prayed. And now O oh Lord hear their threats. They take these concerns to Jesus. Did you hear what these people are saying about you and about us? Hear their threats. And give us your servants a peaceful place to live for the rest of our lives. Sorry. I guess I got the I guess I read my desires into that prayer. And now O oh Lord hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Oh my goodness, you guys want to do this again? Some more? What are you thinking? Give us great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. That's what they wanted. They wanted more power from God they wanted God to show up in increasing power, and they wanted the boldness to talk about it and explain it. I don't understand these people. They're religious radicals. They're, they, they're scaring me, but also kind of drawing me at the same time. Wouldn't you like to live life like that? No, not so much. I just wanted to come to church and go home. Don't, don't, don't. I understand. I understand this is kind of a scary story, but it's thrilling. It's thrilling. Can you imagine going to a prayer meeting and saying, Lord, give us great boldness in preaching your word? And when people bully us and threaten us, do you, you remember those threats? Take, will you take care of them, Lord? And by the way, will you stretch out your hand with healing power so we can do miraculous signs and wonders in the name of Jesus? Not us. Not us. Not in the name of Elam Chapel, but in the name of Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. Can you imagine? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the Word of God with boldness. Wow. God is still using signs and wonders today to inform people, to reveal Jesus to sinful rebels. Now, these signs and wonders are not the result of human activity. We know that. It's not the result of our piousness or anything that we do. It's just God showing up. And God chooses to perform signs and wonders in response to the fervent prayers of his children. That's how God acts. Can this happen today? Yes, I believe it can. Our problem is our skepticism. We don't have room for a supernatural God. We keep the Lion of Judah in a little... We, we make him out to be just a little pussycat that we want on our laps. We call him when he need him, and he's kind of comforting, but don't get any bigger than that. And don't boss me around and tell me to do. I will tell you... To just, Come here, kitty, 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 kitty. Can you imagine going out to a lion and say, here, kitty, 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 kitty. Can you imagine anything so foolish? Some of us, our attitude towards God, the creator, is like, here, kitty, 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 kitty. Come and do what I want you to, please. Please make me feel better. Make my life easier. We're asking the God of the universe to show up and reveal himself in power To sinful rebels, like we used to be sinful rebels too, right? It was an ordinary day. Just a regular Sunday. Church gymnasium was all set up with chairs. The kids were playing basketball in the other half of the gym, and worship started. And in that small group of about 60 adults or so, the kids were out of Sunday school we started, we had a bit of a sharing time, as we usually did every Sunday. And this unusual, little rough-around-the-edges character stood up and said, Last night I had a dream. We kind of braced ourselves, so sometimes this guy was on, and sometimes he was a little off. But it always made for a teachable moment, no matter what happened. This time he was on. Last night I had a dream. I had a dream about a man who would not bow down before God. And he went on to explain how serious the implications of that dream were. And he had woken him up in the middle of the night. He was really concerned, and he was praying, and he felt like he had to talk about this dream, explain this dream in the congregation that Sunday. Immediately I thought of another man in that in that small church. And I went to see him that afternoon. We'll call him Bob, all right? Bob was an old rebel. He'd been rebelling against God all of his life. Everybody else in his family had started to follow Jesus, and God had made remarkable difference in their life. But he was the one who was holding back. He was the only one holding back. So I, I made an appointment with him. I came, and I talked to him, and I said, you know that dream that fellow was talking about this morning in church? I think God was talking about you. I'm not normally that direct, but I just had that sense. And I remember leaving that day, telling Luann and our kids, they were just little ones, I'm going to talk to Bob. You've got to pray for me, okay? I said, Bob, that's you. That dream was about you, wasn't it? And he looked at me and said, "Yeah." He looked a little pale. He was normally pale. He looked paler than normal. Yeah. Cuz a lifetime of heavy drinking had just taken a real toll on his physical life, but he knew that God was getting a hold of him. And God was using that unusual experience to get a hold of him and he said, "Yeah. That's that's me." Well, it's about time you start following Jesus. What do you think? Yeah, so he started. Something else happened that day. After the, the first man talked about that dramatic dream that God had given him in the service, the young woman who was playing keyboard in our church was kind of checking out Jesus. The lovely lady, good keyboard player, and she went and talked to the man who'd shared the dream, and, and she said, I had, the, I had the same dream last night. I had the same dream as you last night. What's that about? So they went out of the school gym and sat under a tree for the rest of the Sunday morning talking about it. And a couple of days later, I had a coffee with this young woman, and she started to follow Jesus too. All because someone had a dream and shared it on a Sunday morning. All I want to say, I'm not advocating that everybody's going to start sharing dreams that they have at Elam, and it's a little more complicated with a larger number of people like that. And that didn't usually happen there. But I think God was trying to get a hold of people. He was was dramatically intervening to get people's attention. Why? Because God uses signs and wonders to reveal Jesus to sinful rebels. And out of that story... Two people, very different people, but God had been talking to them, started following Jesus. We cannot make signs and wonders happen. Signs and wonders are not the result of human activity. But I do believe this. I do believe that God chooses to perform signs and wonders in response to the fervent prayers of his children. Oh, Lord, Hear their threats. Give us great boldness. And stretch out your hand with healing power. You want to see God intervene in the lives of people? Not to entertain us. Not to say, whoa, that was a cool Sunday. Did you see that? No, it's all about drawing people to Jesus. That's why, people, that's why God intervenes with signs and wonders. I don't know what God is going to do with this word today. I don't know. I've been a little bit apprehensive about talking about it all week because I'm thinking, oh, signs and wonders, great. Can we just get on to another topic? But it's real. It's real. And it would, not be, it would be spiritual malpractice not to talk about it because I have to report to God before I report to you. I mean, not reporting. You know what I'm saying? I'm responsible to him I don't know what we're going to do with this. I hope this stirs something of an appetite for you. Not for sensationalism and a show, but wanting God to intervene and break into people's lives. That's what signs and wonders are about. To lift up the name of Jesus so that Jesus gets all the attention. Signs and wonders... God uses signs and wonders to reveal Jesus to sinful rebels. Let's pray. Let's really pray and see what God chooses to do. Father, we recognize that we can be uh, either skeptical and or gullible when it comes to signs and wonders. Many of us do not have much experience with these things, but we do believe that you are the Creator. That with you, there is nothing that is, <laughs> nothing that is not supernatural. <laughs> That's not a word in your vocabulary. It's just you do stuff. You do what you choose, and we submit ourselves to you. Oh, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would give us great boldness in sharing the good news about Jesus, and that you would stretch out your hand, Father, that you would stretch out your hand to reveal yourself in power to us, to your people. However you choose to do that, you're God, and we will not tell you what to do. We're just asking you to reveal yourself. And reveal yourself to many of the folks that we pray for diligently, that we want them to see Jesus. Well, then please reveal yourself to them. And we commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen.